Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. The time has finally come for the Rose Bowl, Penn State versus Utah. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and their Silent Disco IPA, but be sure to check out their Cranberry Sour Power Ale, the 365 Birthday IPA, and the Oatmeal Cookie golden ale funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in emmaus elizabethtown and york in pennsylvania you can find a variety of funk brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products must be 21 years or older to purchase please drink responsibly also bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all sports wagering information bet online features live betting free contests and giveaways all season long always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events whether that's the nfl the nba the nhl ma tennis boxing golf and of course the college football bowl season head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure to use the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards Pater is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believ.com and search Pater for our two t shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t shirt. It has the Pater word mark over the heart. And on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it is Matt McGloin's name and number. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believ.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. I want to thank you all for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network. It is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of this show and hit us up on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Matt, it feels like we've been waiting an eternity for this. It's been a month. Uh, this is just kind of the doldrums of bowl season, but it's finally upon us. Uh, this is going out on New Year's Day. So tomorrow, January 2nd at 5 p.m., live on ESPN from Pasadena, California. It's the Rose Bowl, number 11 Penn State against number eight Utah. You have had the pleasure of attending a Rose Bowl, being on the sidelines, being a part of the Penn State football program's uh, opportunity in the Rose Bowl back in 2008. Uh, this is just a spectacle. What is Rose yeah. Bowl week like? What is that buildup like? Well, let me, let me just say this. Outside of the college football playoff, Tom, this might be the game. Oh, in bowl 100%. season, I completely agree. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's. I think we're all really excited for this game. We've been waiting for this game. This this is going to tell a lot about where these programs are and what twenty twenty three has in store for both of these programs moving forward. Um, I mean, with that being said, to have this game. In that Rose Bowl atmosphere, Tom, you know, the, it, 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 as a player, not too often, you know, do you get the chance to, nor should you, like run out of the tunnel, stand there and kind of enjoy it. 
You know what I mean? You're there to play a game. You're there to win, right? You're there to be focused, right? You, you, it's it's a business trip, right? In a way. But this is a game, Tom, where, and again, I didn't, I, I was a part of the game, right? I stood in the sidelines, right? I didn't play in the game there. I was a redshirt freshman when, uh, when I had the chance to be there with Penn State. But it, it's one of those games, Tom, where you just can stand there, look around, and be wild, right? You, you don't get that too often throughout your football career. And the stadiums you play at, yeah, there's a lot of great stadiums. There's a lot of great atmospheres. But very few times are you wowed when you enter a stadium. And just the way, like, I think of I think of the grass. I think of the way the field is painted, right? I, I, you look up in the crowd, and it's just, it's so impressive. It's about as perfect as it can be for a college football playoff game, college football atmosphere, college football environment. I mean, just again, off the top of my head right now, I think of the Rose Bowl there. I think of Beaver Stadium. Um, I think of having the chance to play in the horseshoe, um, to play in uh, AT&T Stadium, right? The Cowboy Stadium. Um, you know, so I, I mean, there's there's a lot of great stadiums out there, but very few times, Tom, are you wowed. So if you're, if, it doesn't matter if you're, a member of Utah, a member of Penn State, enjoy this moment, enjoy this atmosphere, enjoy this game because it is that special. I want to look at this from a, a couple different perspectives. You know, we, we want to get into the matchups and what it's going to take for Penn State to win this game. The macro national perspective, so to speak, let's start with Utah. Utah was a part of this game last year, an all time classic Rose Bowl, a thriller, a shootout in every sense of the word. Ultimately, uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes down the Utah Utes very late in the game. Cam Rising, the starting quarterback for Utah, who we'll see uh, play tomorrow in Pasadena, uh, got injured late in the game, and ultimately Ohio State was able to move by him. It was the beginning of what we have seen this year from Marvin Harrison Jr., and uh, it's been a really good run for Ohio State, obviously. But that was a game very much where Utah was – I wouldn't say lucky to be there, but they were happy to be there. You know what I mean, Matt? Like that sure. was a that's a great opportunity against Ohio State. Funny enough, Ohio State fans did not travel very well because they were disappointed in the bowl game that they drew. That's another story. Meanwhile, Penn State last year very disappointing outcome in the Outback Bowl, losing to Arkansas uh, on New Year's Day, and that was just kind of didn't really inspire a whole lot of hope coming into the season. You fast forward, Utah is now back-to-back Pac-12 champions. They're not happy to be here mm-hmm. in this Rose Bowl. They're out to win. Uh, the, I've read multiple interviews and seen multiple interviews with quarterback Cam Rising where he does not like talking about what happened last year because he's ticked off that they lost, something that I know you share that same competitive fire. So you love to see that from any competitor. At the same time, there's this national perspective that Penn State has reached its ceiling in that Penn State beat all the teams it was supposed to beat, but couldn't beat the two teams that people would like to see them beat, or at least Penn State fans would like to see them beat in Michigan and Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State gets jumped into the college football playoff because of some turmoil with uh, the aforementioned Pac-12 championship game, Utah beating USC, and some other things that go down. And ultimately, Ohio State makes their way into the college football playoff. So now Penn State finds itself in this very convenient situation. However, that perspective that, oh, Penn State's reached its ceiling. I don't believe that's the case for Penn State. There is an enormous amount for Penn State to gain if they win this game. So in your words, what does Penn State have to gain by beating Utah? 
everything. And, you know, we've we've discussed that a little bit in the weeks leading up to this preview episode. Um, you know, do you want to be in the conversation or not next year, Tom? It is because for me, when if you win this game, it becomes we're eleven and two. We're Rose Bowl champions. Our two losses are from both of those teams that are in the college football playoff: Michigan and Ohio State. Um, and in a game where they had Ohio State, they should have won that football game. The only game they really got beaten, now they got beat bad, was the Michigan game. Right? And I think Michigan has just as good a chance as anybody in that college football playoff to win the national title this year. Um, but that's what it becomes for Penn State. You know, you, you, you have everything is there, right? Talent, depth. They've done a great job of winning games this year, Tom, while building for the future as well. So you want to start 2023 off on a high note and you want to be talked about not just in the Big Ten, but across the country. You beat the Pac-12 champs in, in Utah in the Rose Bowl. Right, that's the game that you have to win. If you can do that, if you're Penn State, you belong in the conversation at a national level. If you lose this football game, Tom, it just becomes well, they they win the games they're supposed to win, and the big games they lose. Right, Michigan, Ohio State, they lost in Rose Bowl to Utah. That's just who they are right now. Then it becomes how do we fix that? How do we get over the hump? How do we compete with the elite? How do we beat the beat the elite? Because recruiting's there, we're getting players, we're doing well in the portal, everything's in place. We have arguably the best one-two punch in America at the running back spot. We have a five-star quarterback who has the potential to do great things. We have defense. Manny Diaz is one of the best defensive coordinators in America. He did one of the best defensive years in America. Everything is there, everything's in place. So what is preventing us from becoming an elite team. That's what the conversation is if you lose this game. Again, I think if you win this game, Tom, it becomes, okay, they're on their way. They belong in that top eight, top 10 of teams who we think can make a run next year and make a push to get in to the college football playoff. Now, if you think that's easy, it's not, and you're right. This is back-to-back Pac-12 champs. Last year, when you look at Utah, it's like, okay, great. You, you got in. Wow. We are all shocked because... I mean, prior to that, what Alamo Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, right? Good seasons, but never got to where, you know, everybody kind of didn't expect them to go, let's say, right? Yeah, people they, remember the early 2000s, Urban Meyer, Utah right. teams, the success they had, Alex Smith, et cetera, but nobody was expecting Kyle Whittingham to get back to that point. Right. And there's been, there was a few times throughout here, score nine wins, you know, 10 wins, finished with 11 wins. Um, you know, in that year they won the Alamo, or excuse me, they lost in the Alamo Bowl, but they finished with 11 wins. But it's like last year they're there, okay, give Ohio State a game. It was almost expected in a way, right, for them to make a run, from them to be there, for them to compete. So, like, this this is going to be a tough game, Tom, and this has been talked about a lot, too. Like, Utah plays a style of football where they fit perfectly into the Big Ten. That's what, and I think for that's what's going to make this game so difficult for Penn State. It's like that Michigan style, good running backs. They got a quarterback that's going to get the football out of his hand. This is a well-coached, good football team who is no longer just okay with being a part of the elite. And I think that's 
you know, the that phrase, the elite, we've been talking about that for years, the entire life of this podcast, but for four years since those words came out of James Franklin's mouth, that's been all Penn State fans have been fixated on, and rightfully so. This is a fan base that wants to get back to the success of the 1980s, multiple national championships. So this is the beginning of that, or this is laying the groundwork for that. And for all the people that may look at bowl season, if you're outside the CFP and, oh, these bowl games are meaningless, this one ain't meaningless. And especially for Penn State, as you said, if they win this and all the pieces they have in place, it all of a sudden propels you into 2023 in a really big way. And then it's on those young guys next season and that core that you have in place to pick up the torch and run with it. So uh, let's first start. And I think you hit the nail on the head is that these are two teams who are very, very similar. Experienced quarterbacks can run the ball well play excellent defense let's first look at penn state's offense against this defense of utah i was so impressed matt and the pac-12 championship game to say the way that see the way that this utah defense played like they wanted to hurt people in a malicious way but within the rules they really laid the lumber to usc which got exposed in my opinion it was caleb williams versus the world after a while but still this is a really good utah defense but the way that this Penn State offense has matured as the season has gone on, what do you see them being able to have success with in Pasadena? Yeah. So I expect Penn State to be able to, to come out and be able to run the football. That's what they have to be able to do, right? You have to, I'm not saying both of these guys go need to go for north of 100 yards or anything like that, but they have to be positive in the run game. They have to be able to move the chains. They have to be able to stay on schedule against this team. Like Yards are going to be tough to come by, but what I think we took away from that USC game, if you're Penn State, is that creating plays will be big. Off-schedule plays for Penn State's offense is going to be big. Now, Sean Clifford is not Caleb Williams, right? But uh, in, in terms of mobility and creating plays, but look, Sean can run. Sean can create at times if he has to. Difference is he's got to be able to understand what he sees. He's got to buy time. He's going to have to create outside the pocket, right? Off-schedule throws. I think are going to be important. There were times, Tom, where they did get gashed by Caleb Williams in that pass game. They did. But, I mean, with that being said, like, you know, Utah was dialing some stuff up against USC. They're going to bring pressure. This offensive line needs to play well. They have to protect, right? And, again, going back to that USC game, some of those big plays were later in the down. Um, buying time, moving around. You know, I think – Against this secondary, which is very good, as you mentioned, Sean Clifford has to play his best ball. I expect running backs to play well. I expect them to run it well. But so much of this game is going to come down to Sean Clifford playing some of the best football we've seen him play, not just this season, but in his career, and taking care of the football. Opt-outs are part of bowl season. It's become commonplace, but at least in this bowl game, there's very few. Uh, At least when we're looking at Penn State's offense against Utah's defense, uh, the two opt-outs to consider, one, Parker Washington has opted out of this. Obviously, he's been dealing with a number of injuries, but he's preparing for the NFL draft. Uh, To the credit of guys like Juice Scruggs and Brenton Strange have declared for the NFL draft but are staying to play in this game. They're healthy and able to go. Parker, it's a different circumstance, and we wish him all the health and uh, the best success in the world. Meanwhile, opposite where Parker would have been, the number one defensive back for Utah, Clark Phillips, has also opted out. He's declared for the NFL draft, and he's going to have a very nice career uh, potentially in the pros. Uh, Do those opt-outs kind of – 
equal each other out, negate each other, in your opinion? Or, I think so. But, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it certainly helps when you're better wide receivers versus one of your better defensive players decide, you know, to opt out. But I think what's going to be important for this game, Tom, and, and as it has been all year for Penn State, right, is the, uh, the tight ends. Strange Warren, you know, Theo Johnson. It could be battle the tight ends in a way with the way Utah's tight ends play with Kincaid and, uh, and Yasmin. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Kincaid, I mean, another opt out. Oh, is he opting out? Okay, yeah. Um, but again, you know, it's it's one of those things where Penn State is going to have to use their tight ends in this football game um, to succeed as they have all season, really, Tom. Uh, is there anybody in the wide receiver core? You know, we talked about this over the last handful of weeks with a number of different guests is that who's that next guy to step up? Now, Mitch Tinsley is going to be there, but at the same time, uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith, is this the game where maybe he signifies to the coaching staff, I'm going to be the number one receiver next season? Uh, there's talk about going and getting anywhere from one to two wide receivers in the transfer portal. Do you see one of the younger guys stepping up? You know, I, I think you're going to have to. And again, it's not going to it doesn't need to be one of these guys where it's like, all right, all of a sudden he does what Marvin Harrison Jr. did a year ago in the Rose Bowl. Oh, right. God, where it's yeah, kind of this no. breakout performance that you didn't expect in a way. Penn State doesn't have to do that again with Tinsley and these these tight ends. They're okay in the pass game. Would you like to see Lambert Smith do more? Absolutely. Would you like to see one of these younger, talented wide receivers do more? Yeah, of course, but I don't think, Tom, they're going to go that route or they're going to have to do that unless they saw something big over these past few weeks, right? Bowl practices or, or the practice leading up to the game where they can say, all right, this guy has really stepped up for us. He's done some good things throughout this season, but he's really impressed us here. You know, He wants to take charge. He wants the football, and we want to be able to implement him into this game plan. I mean... You know, that that's something where, you know, if it happens, you know, we, we won't know or we won't see it until until January 2nd, um, until game day. Um, but I just don't think they have to do that right now. In regards to Sean Clifford, you touched on some of the things he needs to do within the game to be successful. Um, I think the easy one that jumps to mind is just don't turn the football over the way that you did against Ohio State uh, and at, at certain points in the year. The other thing, Matt, that I think you, know, you really need to spend some time thinking about, and I'm curious what you believe on this, is that this is his last game finally at Penn State. And it's I, I don't mean this to be negative about Sean Clifford or morbid about his future prospects in the NFL. I don't know if he is going to get picked up by any NFL team. I hope I'm wrong for the, his sake and for his own uh, financial future and then just enjoying playing the game. I, I hope he has another chance uh, to play football at some point. But say this is the last time that Sean Clifford ever gets to play organized football. How do you handle that from an emotional standpoint, knowing that this opportunity that he's about to get in the Rose Bowl, he's been dreaming about since he was a little kid. He posted that picture online of him standing out uh, outside the Coliseum. I mean, this is uh, this has got to be emotional for him. Well, it has a chance to have a storybook ending for him, right? You mentioned that picture he posted outside the Rose Bowl all those years ago. You know, dreaming to be able to play college football and now having the chance to finish his career in the Rose Bowl against Utah. Um, what what a way to go out. What an opportunity to have um, to go out and kind of be able to cement your legacy in a way at Penn State, Tom. Because when you look back at Sean's career, 
done a lot of great for the school, thrown for a lot of yards, won a lot of games. But when I say signature win to you, he doesn't he doesn't have one of those yet. This could be it right here. Right? So when, you know, and I think, you know, he's the type of person who is experienced enough, has played enough football, has been a part of enough games, has been a part of enough big games to understand what's at stake and how going out on a win like this, winning a game like this, I mean, it just changes the way people think of your career and think of you as a Penn State quarterback. And that goes on forever, right? And you think Sean Clifford, how, how, how good of a quarterback was he at Penn State? Oh, he did a lot of great things, had that massive Rose Bowl win there to finish off his career against Utah and set this Penn State team you know, into the future there and kind of, you know what I mean? So it's just, yeah. it, 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 this is a very, very big opportunity for him. And again, he's played enough football, Tom, where he absolutely should know what's at stake. Now it's just for Penn State, but for his own legacy. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 paydirt 15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. And it's not a situation where he's got to go all Vince Young against USC from back in the day in the Rose Bowl. Like, he doesn't have to throw for, you know, five touchdowns of 400 yards or something like that. Just needs to have a sound game, not turn the ball over, play within the offense, do all the things that are his strengths. But I, I just can't imagine walking onto that field and not second guessing certain things mm -hmm. and just like, oh, this is the last chance I ever have to do this, you know, pressing in certain situations. Uh, those moments of desperation, are they just a little bit greater knowing that this could all be it for his time as a football player? I, I think that's a huge aspect of this. And I think you, you're completely right. And we've talked about um, you know, comments recently by uh, Penn State reporter Ben Jones talking about the legacy of Christian Hackenberg tumultuous time and very difficult to you know really gauge his career and then trace mcsorley and ben jones words won too much for anybody to dislike him now sean has had four years as a starter six total years on campus and it's been polarizing he and in my words he's the most polarizing penn state football player ever if you lose this game it cements that if you win this game maybe people forget about that stuff you know maybe people forget about some of the issues that Sean has had over the years as a player. And, and here's the thing. It's like all the field, is forgiven in a way. 
Right. And here's the thing, like Sean's a, a damn good guy off the field. So it's not like he's done anything wrong. You know, it's just, you know, he's human. Know. It's it, it, it just look, the problem that he's had to deal with is that Penn State fans are just they're ready for what's next. That's all it is. Um, they've they've seen everything that he has to offer as a quarterback at Penn State. Um, but you're right. If you win this game, it it change it changes a lot. It really does. Transitioning from one quarterback to another, uh, quarterback Cam Rising for Utah, very similar type of story, and not. I wouldn't say nearly as polarizing or, uh, you know, has a fan base that's terribly critical of him. If anything, he's one of the most celebrated quarterbacks in the history of Utah football next to a guy like Alex Smith. Uh, but similar statistics, similar build, similar athletic style, similar styles of quarterback, gritty. He can run a little bit, accurate with the ball, does well in play action, isn't going to throw for a bunch of yards, but he can. Last year, I forget what his line was, but he threw for a ton of yards in that game against Ohio State. He's not always called upon to do that, but he's been able to do it in the past. This offense for Utah up against Penn State's defense, how do you see Penn State's defense slowing up Cam Rising, especially, as I mentioned before, his number one receiving threat, tight end Dalton Kincaid, has opted yeah. out and is not playing in this game? You know, I, I think one of the things you look at Utah is their offensive line. I think it's a pretty solid offensive line. I really do. I think when you look at that matchup, this O-line versus Penn State's defensive line, I think Penn State's defensive line needs to contain, right? The way that way Jackson and Thomas are able to run the football, not get washed down in the run game, right? Stay in your lane, understand where you're at, your job, your role, where you need to be. Contain, contain is what I'd be talking about. And you mentioned you know, Cam Rising, right? He's going to get the football out of his hand. He gets the football out of his hand in a hurry. So when you're Penn State, we know they're going to bring pressure. When you pressure, who's ever behind it, corners, linebackers, safeties, whatever, DNs that may drop, whatever it may be, you need to know where his hot throws are. Where does he like to go with the football when you're bringing pressure? He's a very, very decisive player, right? So you have to find ways to get creative when you pressure him. Change up your looks, which Penn State has done all year. Um, you know, and I we, we, we've talked about this a number of times as well, Tom. One of the more difficult things for a quarterback when you walk out, when you break the huddle, whatever the drive may be, is you're seeing different numbers out there. Penn State has done that with the depth that they have and the packages that they have, putting guys in different spots. It just forces you to think even more. And for an experienced guy like like Cam Rising, who's played a ton of football, who makes good decisions, you have to make them uncomfortable. You have to keep them off balance. Um, you have to really you know, force him to dial in, play in and play out. You can't give him any easy ones. Uh, in, in regards to opt-outs, uh, the last one that's really critical is Joey Porter Jr. Now, this is an interesting one because Penn State's been playing without him for a number of weeks there for the end of the regular season. He was dealing with appendicitis. Uh, he made sure that he was able to play for a little bit in the first quarter of senior day against Michigan State, but was pulled shortly thereafter. He's opted out for this bowl game, uh, obviously to recover uh, from a health standpoint, but he's got first round projections for the NFL draft this upcoming year. So we wish Joey the best of luck. It's a little bit different than the circumstance we just outlined moments ago with Parker Washington up against potentially Clark Phillips, what could have been. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily see Joey Porter Jr. going after an inline receiver like Dalton Kincaid would have been. Um, 
but at the same time, this secondary has stepped up and, and been mm-hmm. extremely good without Joey Porter Jr. to the point that you and I were saying a lot of these games, they didn't need Joey Porter Jr. to win. Is this a situation where maybe it's a little bit different? You'd like to have Joey Porter, or do you feel confident in what they can do? Well, I think you'd always like to have a guy like Joey Porter, <laughs> Joey Porter Jr. You know, of on course. the field. Um, but look, I, you know, one of the things I was more impressed with was the way Johnny, way Johnny Dixon stepped up. Yes, and played this year. Like you, you saw him get better week in and week out. Because one of the things, I, and again, I remember talking about this time early in the year. It's like Johnny Dixon needs to be better uh, in coverage. He got better in coverage, made some huge plays, and has stepped up towards the end of the season and has stepped up since Joey Porter Jr. has been out. I think Daquan Hardy has done a really good job. I think Kalen King um, has done a really good job for this football team. Um, there's depth there. And I think one of the more important things that you take away from this Penn State secondary and depth that they have is like they feed off one another. Right, they're 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 almost competing with they're competing with one another, right? In a way, right? They're fighting for time, they're fighting for reps, they're they're fighting for those packages. But it's that healthy competition that you look for um, inside of your football program. So you know, do, would you like to have Joey Porter Jr. back? Absolutely, yeah. But with the way this team has stepped up, with how well. This secondary is coached with how well Manny Diaz is able to mix in those packages and mix in those groups. I think they're fine without him. These guys have really stepped up and done a really, really good job um, this season. And, you know, a majority of them have really improved as this year has gone on. Putting yourself in the shoes of Cam Rising, your number one target, as I mentioned, Dalton Kincaid opted out. He's not playing. When that number one target is a tight end, as I mentioned, more of an inline receiver, rarely are you seeing that guy at split end. He's closer to the line. He's playing in the slot. How does that change the construction of the offense, play calling, and and where your eyes are going as a quarterback? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think it's one of those things where you know you have a big time playmaker. You 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 do tend to dial in on them and like, all right. One on one matchup. Here's where I'm going. It is what it is, right? I'm going to give this guy a chance to go make a play for me because I know he can more times than not make that play for me. Now, when you have, when that is gone, you know it, it almost becomes all right. We're just going to play. We're just going to read it out. It is, you know what I mean. It, it's defense dictates where I'm going with the football, which it does, and it should more times than not. But I think where it really hurts you, Tom, is those one on one situations where you know that. You have the advantage that your guy is going to win. It's a trust thing as well, right? I mean, I look back at, you know, 2012, Allen Robinson, right? One-on-one, I'm going Allen Robinson, right? I know he's going to win that matchup every single time. I'm going to give him a chance to make a play for that. You take that away, obviously, you have other guys that can make plays for you. But at the end of the day, like having that trust and knowing it's just a confidence thing, knowing where you want to go with the football in certain situations and certain moments um, and not being able to have that now, it does change things a little bit here. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what what that offense looks like, how they operate without him, and what that game plan is going forward. You know, I, I can see I mean, I, I can see Penn State really, you know, getting up in these tight ends' faces, in these wide receivers' faces early in this game, 
right? And kind of forcing them to match their intensity. And that's something, you know, uh, the the Penn State linebackers have not exactly shown brilliance in, in pass coverage. That's something you want to see your safeties do. Guys like Jair Brown, Keaton Ellis have been excellent through the year. Jalen Reed has been outstanding as well. Um, that's something where they're going to miss Kincaid, especially because of a size mismatch altogether, that that's something they really could have exploited. And as you mentioned, they have other good tight ends that they can utilize. The one thing that was evident in the Pac-12 title game against USC is that this is a Utah team that can run the football. And that's been an issue for Penn State's defense through the season, um, gashed especially against Michigan. And I think that's the worst-case scenario for a lot of Penn State fans looking at this game and seeing the way that Utah can play is what's the likelihood this turns into a game where you're getting gashed a la what happened with the Wolverines. I think there's a chance, knowing you're right, what has happened to Penn State at times versus these run-heavy football teams. And Utah has been compared to Michigan and the way they play and the way they run and how physical their offensive line is, how solid that offensive line is, and and how well these running backs run the football, how tough they are, how physical they are at the point of contact, the ability to break tackles. We saw that in the USC game. We saw explosive runs in the Pac-12 championship game by Jackson, by Thomas. Um, so, I mean, it's one of those things, Tom, and we talked about this leading up to the Michigan game, if I remember correctly, in that preview, force them to do one or the other. Don't 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 play defense to just play balanced and prevent, right? Get up, stop the run. Cam Rising, you want to be a hero? You want to beat us through the air? Go ahead. You got to do that against our talented secondary. But don't let them operate the way they operate in the Pac-12. We want to run it. We want to run it. Completion, completion. Balls out of our hand. Balls out of our hand. Completion, explosive play. Don't let them do that, right? So, I mean, I'm curious to see what the Manny Diaz game plan is early on to, to stop this offense, to stop this run game, to stop Cam Rising, what he's going to do. But... You can't let them be balanced. You let Michigan be balanced, and you got beat down because of it. When you look at this game, do you see this being high scoring or low scoring? Because I, I, I can't know. get a read on I know. it. You know what I, mean? I know, yeah. Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this run game. Like if it's one of these things where Penn State's running it well, Tom, right? Sustaining drives, the clock is ticking. You're working for for every yard that you're getting. You're getting in the red zone. You know. You're settling for three points here, maybe if you can't score. And the same thing for Utah, right? I mean, I do think these guys, you know, have similar styles of offenses. Um, I mean, I can see it. If it gets, if it's last year's Rose Bowl game, Penn State doesn't win. Oh, God. Oh, no, that's not Penn State's so, game. So, yeah. exactly. So, if this is low 30s, you know, like a 31-28, 34-31. You know what I mean? I, I can see Penn State, Penn State winning this game, but if you're if you're getting in a shootout and you're trying to go score for score, you know what I mean, yard for yard, I just, I think I think the chances of Penn State having a chance to win goes down significantly. Now we're recording this on uh, Thursday before the game. As of right now on ESPN, uh, the line is. Utah minus two, and then the over under is fifty two and a half. So they're you know you anticipating go, yeah. a relatively lower scoring game. But at the same time, you know, I kind of look at what happened last year. You talked about with Ohio State and Utah. Utah can put up a lot of points yeah. when they want to, and when they have the when they can lean on you and you know 
impose their will. They can score a lot of points. And then I also think for the benefit of Penn State, the way that they hung with Ohio State for three quarters, three plus quarters, and we're putting up a lot of points. I, I just said it a moment ago, it's not Penn State's game, but this is a team that's capable of the big play. You got two home run hitters and Allen and Singleton that can absolutely go get you points. And then help Sean Clifford's had what two, two or three different games this year where he's had four or five touchdowns, which yeah. you kind of scratch your head, but you're like, no, he, he's capable of it. So it's just one of those weird games, Matt, where it's like I'm sitting here trying to think of who I think is going to win, and I I could I could be convinced either way. It really feels like 50-50. I absolutely think Penn State is going to win this game, but I still think it's like, man, there's there's so many things that can happen. They're going to have to create turnovers. If it's if it's going to be a higher scoring game, and they're they're going to be in a higher scoring game, they're going to have to create turnovers. And remember, Utah put the football on the ground in that Pac-12 championship game. So you have to be Early. able to they have to be able to capitalize on those turnovers. You have to get points off those turnovers. The talent is there for Penn State. The explosiveness is there at times for Penn State. Time to put up those big numbers. I just don't think it's in their favor to try to play that style of football. Establish the run, find completions, play good, hard, solid defense. Try to get turnovers if you're Penn State's defense. They're right there. I think that plays into their favor. Um, you know more so than than getting into a shootout. I can't wait for this game. Honestly, this is a, a situation you and I have talked about this through the years that, you know, in in August, this team was unranked. If you'd have told me we were going to be in the Rose Bowl against this caliber of opponent, I told you you're crazy. Uh, there were a lot of things the way last season ended, as I talked about the loss in the Outback Bowl. That was demoralizing. That didn't really inspire a whole lot of hope coming into this season. Uh, I am thrilled to be wrong with the way that this season has gone. Now looking at the possibility of, let's say Penn State wins this game and beats Utah, how does that change the narrative around head coach James Franklin? They're in the conversation in 2023, and I'm not saying the conversation to, you know, beat Georgia or or win a national title, but they're in the eight to ten, you know, eight or ten team range there where you can say they have a chance to get to the college football playoff. Whereas this past year, Tom. It, it was, how do you beat Michigan? How do you beat Ohio State? I think if you win that game on January 2nd in the Rose Bowl, Penn State is finding ways to get better. They have gotten better. Yeah, they got beat by Michigan pretty good, but they had Ohio State. They were right there. It becomes, you know, the recruiting, all that stuff. It's finally getting started to put together. They finish 11-2. They win the Rose Bowl here. You, you, you find ways to carry that momentum as well into the offseason. It's just this confidence type thing. It's just, you know that it puts you at a different level, right? You know what I mean? And that's something that I think Penn State really needs right now, Tom. Oh, that, it's a must win. Yeah, there you in, go. In my opinion. Go. And I think, that, I think this for both programs and all the reasons I outlined earlier. Utah's ticked off. They lost this game last year. They're not just happy to be there. It's unfinished business. And for Penn State... Everything is at stake. If you win this game, all of a sudden the team is propelled into 2023 like there's a rocket strapped to its back. Um, and I've said it before when we've talked about it with Steve Jones is that even if Penn State plays competitively and loses a tight game, I don't even know if that's the worst thing for the overall perception of the program, the trajectory of the team. If anything, that gives you that itch to be competitive going into the next season. Obviously, you want to win the game. Obviously, you don't want a demoralizing loss like they sustained uh, against Michigan earlier this year. Those are worst case scenario, but there is just so much to gain for this Penn State team that 
all of a sudden that hope, that eternal hope that Penn State fans have, you said of like, what's next? What's next? Everybody's hoping is when are we going to be able to credibly talk about Penn State yeah. being in the national championship picture? I can't wait. I'm excited. What are you going to do for the game? Watch it on the couch. On the couch. <laughs> We're now we're gonna have a full recap episode immediately after we're gonna get it uh, knocked out as quickly as we can and post it for everybody. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch it, man. This is this is the first bowl game in a little while for you know Penn what? State that I've been really it, excited about. Even watching the Rose Bowl is different than watching anything else. Oh my god, you yeah, know I think of like Keith Jackson's calls from back in the day, man. It's just yeah, it's just like it's a special special game. I mean, to be a part of it is uh, it's a tremendous honor. So again. You know, I finished the episode or started the episode talking about this. I'll finish the episode talking about this. Enjoy this moment. Enjoy the atmosphere. Enjoy being a part of something so special. And that is the 2023 Rose Bowl. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.